You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Awesome. That's so cool. Yeah, on a, on a Sunday, I might be the boss, and I might be here on a Sunday, but on Friday, I'm not allowed in the building. At, uh, at youth? No, Dad stays in the car. Come on, somebody. It's all good. No, I just think she loves me. She truly does. <laughs> hey, I love the church. How many people love the church of God? How many love that the body of Christ, the church of God, continues to grow, strengthen, go from strength to strength? I love that we, we see time and time again, week after week, we see the miraculous hand of God on people's lives as uh, people surrender their hearts to God, as they recognize their need for a Savior. They, they confess their sins, they repent, they turn and give their lives to Christ. I love that most weeks we would see that happen in somebody's life. I love that we hear the testimonies of, of marriages of 65 years and 42 and 43 and 40 years, 50 years. I love hearing those stories, the testimonies of people, you know, and, and some of their testimonies, but by the grace of God, I would have killed him. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and that's the reality. But you know, the power of God in our lives is so, so powerful. And as a church, we believe that the supernatural power of God is still working today. That the miracles that took place in, in the New Testament are still taking place today. We believe that God wants to work miracles in our lives and in our situations. And what would we define as a miracle? How would we define that? Well, the word has been thrown around, I'm sure, and met with uh, intrigue, wonder, and skepticism. But a miracle for me is something that points to a solution to a natural problem that could only be described as supernatural. So something that we can't fabricate or make or create on our own, but God and his power breathes life, resurrects something, changes something, shifts something, provides something. And we see the, the miracles right throughout history. I, I, some would say that the Warriors winning the NRL grand final might require a miracle, a, the hand of God maybe, I don't know. <laughs> But we still believe, eh? We still have faith, don't we? But, you know, there's evidence of miracles right throughout the Bible. Uh, I, I mean, we could just stop and consider creation for the rest of our lives, and that would just blow your mind enough, wouldn't it? First, there was nothing. Then God speaks. <sighs> Light. Life. Unbelievable. You know, and we, sometimes we can glance over the, those opening chapters of Genesis, and we just go... God created the universe. <laughs> wow. The miraculous hand of God at work. Life creation by design. The most incredible designer, God creates life and creates purpose and design within each, each person. But then throughout Exodus, we see God miraculously provide for the Israelite people. They've been in slavery for 400 plus years. And then all of a sudden, they, they find themselves now free from Pharaoh, and they're right up against the Red Sea with Pharaoh's armies in behind. God says to Moses, I want you to take that rod. I want you to hold it up over the Red Sea, and the water parts. I mean, it just it parts, <laughs> and they go right through on dry land. Then on the, in the promised land, they find themselves with no food, and, you know, and so God provides manna and quail. Then they're thirsty, they're complaining about not having enough water, so water streams from a rock. The, the miraculous hand of God is right throughout Scripture. You see, the prophets, Elijah and Elisha, 
miracle after miracle. The woman who, basically, she, she's, she's in trouble. If she isn't provided with a miracle, if there isn't a miracle in her life, she's about to bake her last bit of bread and, and die. It says, take, get as many jars as you can because this oil, this oil isn't running out. And she poured this oil out and it kept filling every jar that she could find. I reckon if she'd found some more jars, if she'd been able to find more and more jars, I reckon that oil would still be pouring today. There's something about the miraculous hand of God. And then when Jesus arrived, we see the miracles just, just like everywhere he went, miracles took place. Scholars would say there are 37 uh, detailed recorded miracles. But as we read through scripture and in the gospel accounts, it says, and, and many, many more miracles were performed. And we'll read one of those passages a little later. But all who came to Jesus were healed. Everyone who came for a miracle and needed a miracle, they received their miracle. So what was the purpose of Jesus' miracles? Uh, I believe they were signs that the messianic age had dawned, meaning the Messiah had come. The promised Messiah, the Savior of the world had arrived. And, and the miracle spoke of the love of the Father for Jesus, but also for all of humanity. And the miracles, I believe, invite us to believe in him. Believe in Jesus, the one who is the miracle worker. The miracles always led people to Jesus. In fact, most of the time, or many of these miracles we see, they got their miracle and then they believed. Sometimes the miracle didn't come until, or the, the belief didn't come until the miracle had taken place. Sometimes faith led to a miracle, but others are just like, ah, oh, now I believe. And our hope and our prayer is that maybe today you are believing, you're asking God for a miracle, and the evidence of that miracle in your life will cause you to believe. That the miracle will take place, and you'll say, that could not have happened naturally. This is a supernatural work of God. We believe in miracles. We believe God is wanting to move still in our lives. John 14, 12, it says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and I will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. Jesus invites us to partner with him in seeing the miracles take place in our lifetime. Let me pray as we open the word together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you that you have worked miracles in my life. I am testimony. I have a testimony of your goodness and your faithfulness. God, you've worked in my life. You've, you've done miraculous things. And Lord, many others here today could testify of the goodness of God in their life. And Father, I pray that these miracles that we have seen and that we will see in the, the weeks and months ahead, that many would come to know you. Many would recognize that you are Lord and Savior of their lives because of the miracles. Lord, let these miracles point our hearts, our attention, our focus to you. So we ask and we believe for miracles today. In Jesus' name. I'm a church kid, grew up in church. That's my story, that's my testimony. I don't have a, a, a different testimony of uh, being away from God and being out of the church and horrible things that have happened in my life that, and, and God drew me back. I've had different seasons where I love God with all of my heart and sometimes I didn't. But I've always been in church. Most weeks of my life, I've found myself in church. Mum and dad heavily involved in church right throughout my lifetime. Four decades plus four. Walking my way through 
the things of church. Come on, there were some pretty crazy things that happened in the 80s. Anybody uh, in church in the 80s? There were some pretty amazing, crazy, weird, strange, incredible things that took place. I've seen all sides of church. I've seen the good, the bad, the ugly. I've seen God do incredible, miraculous things, and I've seen humans try to create and make things that weren't ever supposed to be made. I've been a part of church, and I love the church. I've seen diseases that should have led to death result in incredible healing and breakthrough. Amy and I, we walked through our own journey of needing a miracle to have children. God miraculously provided for us, and we've seen many others receive a miracle. See the supernatural hand of God move in their behalf, and they now have a family as a result of that. I prayed for people that it seems to be with, I haven't seen lots and lots of healings as I've prayed, but if someone's got a sore shoulder, I've got faith to believe for that because somehow I've had three or four people that I've prayed for with sore shoulders got healed. So I'm like, I've got enough faith to believe for that if somebody needs a prayer. In fact, when we were in Botany and I was running the kids' ministry, there was a, a, a child came in and um, the, the mum said, look, could you just make sure he doesn't play with the balls and get you know, all rowdy with the kids because he's, he's hurt his shoulder and he can't move it. So the shoulder was in a sling and it, it just no movement, you know, lots of pain. I said, no, that's no worries, we'll, we'll pray for him. And so during, during the prayer time, we, all the kids gathered around, there were about 100 plus kids gathered around to worship and we were praying and believing and asking God to heal his shoulder. And as, as, we, as we prayed and we finished, I said, yeah, try and do something you couldn't do before. I said, if you can move your arm, and he tentatively goes. And the look on his face, as his arm rotated around, and the look on a hundred kids' faces going, oh! And we had this impromptu praise party that took place as we celebrated that God heals a child's shoulder. This is the God we serve. And here's what I've also seen. And a challenge that we face today. And a tension that maybe we need to navigate and wrestle with. I haven't seen a miracle every time I've prayed. I've prayed for people and they died. I've prayed for people to have a family and they didn't. And they still haven't. I've prayed and asked God and, and sought and, and fasted and prayed we took over a church of a man who passed away with cancer, 48 years old. We arrived six weeks after we arrived to, to support him, to help him. God chose 48 years. That was, that was his life, fully lived for God. And I found myself as the pastor of a church that couldn't quite understand why weeks and months of prayer and fasting did not result in a healing. And I found myself being a pastor of a church that I didn't want to be a pastor of trying to wrestle with the theology and trying to understand, trying to explain God and God's actions. Do you know what? It's not my job. My job is to press in to Jesus. My, my job is to get my eyes focused on Jesus. The miracle is in his hand. And I want to frame today because sometimes a, a day like this can even feel a little presumptuous, I heard someone say. And I get that, I understand that. That we would come and we could say, God, you will give us a miracle. We don't know that for certain. But I read enough in the word of God that when we press in, when we have faith to believe, that we will see the miraculous hand of God in our lives. And so I want to frame it with this thought because this is my 
my rock-solid theology, and I hope this encourages you today. It's a tension, a wrestle, that if we can grab this, it won't matter what happens in our life. We will be okay, and we will have faith to believe for more. In the book of Daniel, we read of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, three fine young men who said, we're not going to bow down to an idol. We're not going to bow down, even though everybody else does. And I, I reckon Nebuchadnezzar liked these three men because when the edict was, was put out there, anyone who doesn't bow down, they get thrown into the fiery furnace. They didn't bow down, but they also didn't get thrown into the fiery furnace. In fact, they got bought to King Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, they should have just been chucked in the fire, seriously. But for some reason, Nebuchadnezzar says, I want an audience with these three. Brings them in and says, I'm going to give you one more chance. That's, that's the wording in the scripture. I'm going to give you one more chance. To bow down when the music plays, you'll bow down and worship me. And I love this response. And this is my heart response, and I pray it would be yours as well. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not worried about what will happen to us. Come on. We're not worried. I'm not even worried if the sickness takes me. I'm not worried if I don't get the answer to my prayer. I'm not worried if I don't get out of the fire even. I love this. I love this. If we are thrown into the flaming furnace, our God is able to deliver us. Yes. And he will deliver us out of your hand. Yes, your majesty. But if he doesn't, what? (laughs) I know you can. I know you will. But what if there is a but? What if actually it doesn't come out the way we thought it would? I love this. But. If he doesn't, please understand, sir, that even then we will never under any circumstance serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have erected. And they're living and they're dying. God would be glorified. And here's the awesome promise. Because later on in the story, as I throw it into the fire, Nebuchadnezzar's looking in going, hold on. I thought there were three. I thought we threw three in there. How come I can see a fourth? as Jesus was standing with them in the fire. And come on, this is our prayer as we go into Miracle Sunday today. God, I know you can. God, I know you will. And even if you don't, I'm not bowing down to any idols because Jesus, you are with me in the fire. Come on, if you believe that to be true, let's give God some praise in this place and let's believe for some miracles this morning. All we need to believe for a miracle is a need and a prayer. Come on, it's pretty simple, isn't it? We've got a need, well, let's pray. You got a need, let's pray. You could talk to the person next to you and say, what's your need? Let's pray. And then the miraculous hand of God can work. I'm gonna quickly share seven recorded miracles and you'll be amazed at how quickly I'll go through this. As the team come this morning, because I wanna see faith lift in us today. As you hear these miracles, I want you to believe with me for your miracle. And if you don't have faith to believe for your miracle, come on, believe for somebody else's this morning. (laughs) You know, these seven recorded miracles, I love that in John, only seven were recorded and detailed out. The perfection of God and those seven miracles. And John records a statement at the very end of his eyewitness account. John 20, 30 to 31. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. 
Come on, our belief leads to life in his name. I believe God is going to do the miraculous. We've already got down here at the foot of the cross. Looks like well over a hundred belief, prayers for miracles. In a moment, we're going to invite you, and you can start now even grabbing one of those forms. And if you don't have a form, the team come forward in a moment. Just just give us a wave, and we'll make sure we get one of those into your hand. Ask God for that miracle. What is it you're believing for? Begin to write it down. Later on, we're going to give the opportunity, whatever it looks like for you. You may want to sit with somebody beside you and say, hey, what's your miracle? What can I pray for? How can I believe for you? Let's pray for one another, encourage one another. Maybe you want someone to come and pray for you specifically. Come down the front. Bring that miracle. Lay it at the foot of the cross. Maybe you want to take communion. We've got the communion emblems here. Maybe you can take communion together as a family or a couple or as as friends. Pray for one another. Believe for this miracle in your life. But the first miracle that we saw in the book of John is the first one. Jesus turns water into wine. What, a, what, an, what an interesting miracle to choose, right? The first miracle, what? Water into wine? Not a healing? Not a resurrection? Just water into wine. I reckon after about 400 years, I'm wondering whether the Messiah would ever come, whether a little bit of hope had leaked out of the people. You know, wine in the Bible speaks of joy, of celebration. I wonder if in the season, some of us, a little bit of joy and celebration has leaked out of us. I wonder if for some of us, our miracle, and I talked with somebody after the first service, they just said they've gone flat in their faith. Just just wondering, God, you know, what's even happening? And I wonder if for some of us, our miracle is a filling again, that we would empty ourselves, empty water jars, that we'd be filled up with the water, the presence of God, that God would turn a miracle and joy would fill our hearts again. Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your what? It's your strength. I'm believing that the joy of the Lord will be somebody's strength today. The second miracle we see is where Jesus, and Amy shared this earlier, Jesus heals a nobleman's son. What's the need in this encounter? It's well-respected man probably well-to-do, probably had wealth, probably had access to doctors. And yet he couldn't see the miracle take place. In his own resource, he had nothing that he could do that would bring about the miracle. He comes to Jesus and the Bible says he begs him, he begs him to do a miracle. And I love this, verse 48, unless you people see signs and wonders, Jesus told him, you will never believe. The royal official said, Sir, come down before my child dies. Go, Jesus replied, your son will live. The man took Jesus at his word and departed. Come on, that's somebody's prayer today. I will take you at your word, Jesus. I will take you at your word. You've promised it. You've declared it. I'm going to believe it today. The third one we see is Jesus heals a man at the sheep gate pool. John 5, 1 to 15. In the story, Jesus asks a question he does a number of times throughout Scripture. What do you want me to do? You see, sometimes we can find ourselves so bound up by the stuff that's happened, our hurt, our pain, offense, that actually we can, be, we can become quite familiar with that feeling, those things, that, that, that thing that's holding us to the point where we go, I, I know I could have a miracle, maybe I'm believing for a miracle, but all of this has happened to me and so I'm going to stay contained within this. 
I believe God's saying to somebody today, there's actually more. There's more beyond what you're experiencing. And it's time for excuses to, to go. Come on, let's not blame anyone else. And the story is like everybody else got to the water before I did, and so they got their miracle. Oh, well. I believe God said, go again. No more excuses. Go again. Press in. Ask again. I love the story of Naaman. Told to go and dip in the, in the water. So I don't want to dip in a dirty old river. What a stupid request. Just lay hands on me and, you know, just, just, yep, you, you do your prophet thing and, and give me a miracle. And then God asks him to do something weird. Come on. Sometimes he just does that to see, are we listening? Are we hearing? Are we truly following his voice? And the, and the, and the slave girl says, well, come on. If it asked you to do something noble, you would have done it. Is this going to offend you a little bit? Is this going to affect your reputation a little bit? Come on, sometimes God just nudges us a little bit, gets us out of what we're comfortable. He says, dip. Once, no miracle. Twice, oh, no miracle. Three, I quit. Come on, I believe God is saying to some people, you've gone again, you've dipped four times, you've dipped five times, you've dipped six times, your hope is gone. Come on, dip again, dip again. And even if it doesn't come this week, dip again next week, dip again next week. Come on, we got to believe that if God's given us instruction, He's given us those words that we would step in faith. Yeah. We wouldn't pull back. We wouldn't make excuses. The fourth miracle today, Jesus feeds the 5,000. What was the need? They were hangry. You're hungry. You get a little bit angry. You get hangry. All right. Come on. Some of us have got children that if we don't feed them, they get a little bit hangry. Some of us have got spouses that if we don't feed them, they get a little bit hangry. And all that, all that there is is this, this lunch. A boy with loaves and fishes. And you've heard my theory before. I don't think that was the only food that was there on the mountain. I reckon there are a bunch of adults that hid their, hid their meals under their tunic. They just didn't want to give it to Jesus. This was the only meal that actually got into Jesus' hands. And when it remained in the boy's hands, it was just a really good lunch. I mean, that's a solid lunch. Five loaves, two fishes, that's decent. But in, in his hands, it would have just been a really good lunch for a grown lad. And Jesus said, is there any food that I can do a miracle with? This is all we've got. Even the disciples are like, this is all we can find. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't confident of the miracle. <laughs> Jesus says, it'll do. That's all I, just put it in my hands. And I, I think this is for somebody, a word for somebody today too. You said, this is all I've got. This deposit on a house or, the, or this, this relationship that I'm in. This is all I've got and I'm going to hold on as tightly as I can. And God's actually saying, I, I want you to let it go. I actually want you to lay that gift that I've given you down to then pick it up for my glory, for my purposes. And maybe for some of us, we need to put what it is that we're believing for back into God's hands. We had to do that with kids. I remember, I remember being flat on my face, weeping, messing up the carpet when I finally came to the conclusion, God, if we could never have kids... Even if we never have kids, I will serve you yes. faithfully. Yes, awesome. You know what happened next week? Nothing. <laughs> week after, nothing. 
month after nothing. It was years later. But something had settled in my spirit. God, I'll follow you. I'll serve you. It's not about whether I get the miracle or not. I am pursuing you with all of my heart. What have you got? It's put in the hands of the miracle working God. You watch him multiply. You watch him do what only he can do. Number five, John chapter six, Jesus walks on water. Come on, how many people are off to Whangaumu after this? <laughs> Test it out, come on. We've all tried it at some stage. I remember as a kid going out to the water, come on, come on. But was that what the miracle was about? Partially, I mean, it was pretty sensational, right? But the, the disciples are in the boat, they are terrified. Anyone ever been terrified? Anyone feeling anxious even right now? About situations, circumstances in your life? Fearful about a diagnosis from a doctor? This is what Jesus said. It is I. Don't be afraid. Then they were willing to take him into the boat. That is my word for somebody today. Are you willing to take Jesus into your boat? Will you say, yes, you are welcome. You are here I receive you, and I love what happens next. And immediately, I mean, that word, it means something. It's there for a reason. Immediately means right then. Immediately, the boat reached the shore where they were headed. So they were in the middle of a storm. They invite Jesus in, and immediately, they get to their destination. Now, I'm not saying... If you invite Jesus in, it will immediately happen. But it did for them. So come on. If you can get faith from this story for your situation, that if you would invite God into your situation and into your life today, that you would get to where God wants you to be. Number six, we're almost there. John chapter nine, Jesus heals a man born blind. This man's need is obvious, right? He was blind. Maybe for some, you need a physical miracle, a cancer to go in the name of Jesus. Maybe it's fertility issues. Maybe it's mental health challenges. You've done everything you can with doctors and medication and counseling and all those wonderful things that are important and necessary, but you still need a miracle. I believe God, He hears you. He sees you. He's aware of your situation. And would you press in? Would you look to Him? Jesus can heal. He will heal. Yes. And even if not, we're still pressing after him. There's a spiritual need this man here had. John 9, 35 to 38. Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? Asked the man. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, you have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe. And he worshiped him. Now, for someone here today, Jesus has done a miracle in your life. And he's revealing himself to you right now, saying, I saved you. I protected you. I healed you. And for someone today, your response is, I believe. And as we sing, like this man, your response will be one of worship. Today, I'm going to worship God. I'm going to worship God with all of my heart. And then lastly, we've got John chapter 11, where Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. In this final miracle, the need was obvious. He was dead. I'm not sure exactly, but I think the New King James Version says, Behold, he stinketh. Don't quote me on that. 
Jesus even waited for the period to pass that would legally pronounce him dead. Then just turn up minutes after. But the Jewish law required proof of death. That would probably be the odor being emitted from the body, but also the three days. Then Jesus turns up and the miracle takes place. Wow. For some of you, the situation you find yourself in, it truly is like a dead body. It's a relationship that you believe is dead and gone. Or maybe your relationship is just hanging in there. Maybe for some of you, it's a diagnosis from a doctor that says you won't remain on this earth for much longer. Come on, I believe in a God who resurrects dead things to life. Come on, I believe He can. I believe He will. And even if He doesn't, I'm going to press in and I'm going to see the Savior. Come on, would you stand to your feet? I want to pray a prayer. And would you lift your hands in faith? Would you pray this prayer with me? This is a prayer that I pray continually and constantly. When I find myself facing difficult circumstances, when I don't know what the answer is going to be, this is the prayer I pray. God, I believe you can do a miracle. Come on, somebody pray that. God, I believe you can do a miracle. God, I know you will do a miracle. Come on. God, I know you will do a miracle. And God, even if you don't do a miracle, somebody, come on. Even if you don't do a miracle, I'm not bowing down to the idols. I'm not bowing down to fear. But I'm going to look to my Savior. I'm going to look to Jesus. My eyes are focused on Him because He is a miracle working God. And I believe it today in Jesus' name. So come on, as we sing this morning, as we lift our faith, would you write down your miracle? Maybe you want to pray with a friend. Gather a few friends around you. Maybe you're not comfortable with that. Come down the front. We would love to pray for you. Maybe you want to just simply put your prayer at the foot of the cross. And as you do that, just kneel and ask God for that miracle. Maybe you want to take communion with somebody and pray for one another. And let's believe God to do the miraculous. Do we believe? We believe He can? Yes. Come on. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.